0: Who is it? Yeah. You're listening to the Claim the Throne podcast, coming on you with insights into what it's really like to be in a do-it-yourself metal band in 2016.
1: Keep the change, you filthy animal.
2: Welcome to the podcast where Claim the Throne talk about all things to do with music. I'm Cabba, and I'm here with Ash. As always, how are you going today, Ash? I'm pretty good. I'm in the mood to listen to some psychore. <laughs> You can see me on the Skype wearing my pyjama shirt, <laughs> which just happens to be a cycle shirt from uh, many, many years ago.
0: It's hard to tell across Skype whether or not it's actually good quality or not. Like, it looks very new to me, but perhaps it's worn. Probably because
2: I've never really worn it apart from at night. Mm-hmm. That's why my Super Heist jumper has lasted so long. Yeah. It's gen- generally an at-home thing, but I have been uh, known to wear it out in public,
0: which is how I've been become renowned as a Super Heist fan, even when I'm not really. So, I was chatting to Owen today about his little foray into Apple Music, and he said he listened to the new Super Heist. So, I'll check mm. now. I did know they have two new songs up there a few weeks ago, and yeah, maybe they got the whole album. But he said yeah, it was like- the album's out now. Oh, it is? I, I'm going to listen to it this Pretty week. Pretty sure. Yeah, just- I'm not. <sighs> you listen? Yeah. Oh, well, you're not going to listen to it? Unlikely. Yeah. I, I'll probably give it just a wing for a laugh and see what happens. Mm. But yeah, I didn't didn't enjoy the two songs, I'll be honest.
2: Yeah. Uh what yeah, I watched those two and I think yeah. I heard something else and you yeah. know. Whatever, is what it is. I probably would have liked it about twenty years ago. Yeah, true. Um but, but that's sorry,
0: that's that's their thing, right? That,
2: that it, is their thing. And that's yeah. good, you know. Not trying to be mm. someone they're not, although I think the whole premise of the band is being someone that will be popular mm. as opposed to what they actually like. They started as a death
0: metal band, right? Yeah, something like that. But that's ironically what they are. If what they are is yeah. trying to be something else, then they are being exactly who they want to be or who they are. I guess are. so. It's weird. That's like Inception.
2: Don't blow my mind, Ash. <laughs> cool,
0: mate. So, what's uh, yeah. what's on the agenda in the last fucking two days since we've talked? Yeah. Or we're, even we're a smashing
2: day. smashing a few too many of these out. You're going to get sick of me pretty soon. Yeah. So, yeah, we recorded the last one only like two days ago. So, same old. Um, but, yeah, I met this girl today who had a tattoo of a, um, a seashell on a... In a thigh and if you put your ear up against it you can smell the ocean
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good joke yeah you know it's interesting though what the quarterback for the uh, Atlanta Falcons is Bobby a <laughs> bear <Hebert. laughs> Noah anyway <laughs> do you still um, watch a lot of Seinfeld? I uh, haven't in ages. That popped into my head today for some reason. Something fucking tripped me out and reminded me of that for some. Uh, I watched one yesterday where Poppy pees on Jerry's new sofa. Oh, of course he does. That's pretty good. Did he have to um, flip the <sighs> pillow?
2: So succulent.
0: So succulent.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if um, I had
0: it on on Netflix, I'd watch it. But I've got the, all the DVDs, but I don't watch DVDs anymore. So, yeah, another dying yeah, I, um, media format. I go to a website
2: called Watch Series, which mm. I'm sure is illegal. Where Definitely. you can st- stream any TV show mm. without having to download it, so you don't need to do torrents or whatever. It's just got a lot of advertising. Um, but if you can fire up an ad blocker or something like that, it's uh, highly watchable. Um, and I've got every Seinfeld season on DVD, but it's just too hard for me to put it in because I'm lazy now. So I'd rather go to a website and stream it.
0: That's the funny thing is back in the day... When, you know, Napster download speeds were 1.4K kilobytes, mm. people, um, per second. And to download the Deftones career uh, song when it was called something else like a wishy-washy. And you didn't realize you were getting a leaked song off White Pony um, or an early version. You had to literally go to your friend's house, try and get drunk off your dad's stolen VBs and wait for <laughs> fucking 12 hours just to hear one song. Um, so, the earliest form of pirating that, that I really did was stuff like Super Nintendo video games. And it was like, I used to have this game and my system crapped out. Let's say Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. So, you'd get a ROM and download it. And then they'd say when you load it up, um, this is intended for people who own the game as a you know more convenient modern way of playing it. Mm. And here we are now streaming episodes of fucking Seinfeld instead of like higher quality dvds that we've got pretty weird yeah yeah,
2: same deal i used to do those um game ones as well uh mods or whatever but they they were cool but Mm. interesting same thing 20 years later Mm.
0: and and how casually you talk about it when a lot of this podcast talks about how we can actually get revenue towards bands and we don't give a (laughs) fuck about the tv industry
2: well interesting hey and um i mean The Spotify equivalent is Netflix, Mm. you know, and it costs you whatever, 10 bucks a month or something, which is pittance. Mm. And it makes you think, you know, is like 0.1 of a cent per stream of a show going to whoever the money goes to. Mm. Same as Spotify.
1: Yeah, who the hell
0: knows, eh?
2: Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I don't know, you buy a box set from JB's or something, it's 30 or 40 bucks. And I I imagine a lot of that money goes to other people as well as opposed to the people actually involved in the creation
0: of it yeah well the seinfeld box set cost me something like 120 or 130 bucks back in the day still to this day no no back yeah, when i, I, bought I remember
2: it. they did cost that much yeah
0: and i bought Wild. it my friend had been buying one season at a time for 80 dollars mm. and i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah it's got to be a better way anyway. i think so what uh else <laughs> something music related perhaps if you've got anything, because I don't. Uh, well, this is kind of not an offshoot of what you were doing with your rig, like looking into changing your rig. But um, yeah, I've been doing heaps of thinking since we wrapped up the album on uh, what worked and what didn't work on the album. And finally at a place where I think that everything I've got now, I'd be happy to just go through and use again. But in terms of um, the future and the modern world and kind of like what you're saying with the Kemper, That sort of space-saving thing. Um, And also necessity, like, I'd like to kind of cut my recording rig down to a very portable uh, little setup. Um, Last
2: week, we were talking about the Apogee Jam, which is probably a prime example.
0: Yes, for sure. And the Apogee Jam is a beautiful thing because it's like this tiny little thing. And not only does it save you having to let's say come to mine or have me host me at your house to like press record for you but i also know like that cuts down me having to bring a fucking iMac to your house or my interface which is huge and all of these extra like something you don't really think about you can get the same quality from just a tiny little cigarette lighter device Mm -hmm. um, which is pretty sweet but in terms of the more of the hardware side of things, I've noticed that the biggest improvements on our album besides the Apogee converter, which was huge, I reckon was the, um, the instruments and things like that. Um, so we got guitar tone from a Mesa boogie, a single rectifier and a, a Jim Root orange head. Um, I don't know where we got the cleans from. Maybe the cleans, the cleans were all over the shop. Actually they were from, different amps but they were anyway they were all amps and i used a load box which saves you um plugging in a cabinet and you can plug that in and go silently into the computer and use a cabinet emulation Mm -hmm. and i found that that sort of hybrid setup really worked quite well uh but it's still huge and i could feel like my amp and you heard it it felt like my amp was screaming at me like you could hear (laughs) the tubes just going off their guts um And I'm sure that happens when it's plugged into a cab, but it's so loud you can't hear it. But I'm, frankly, never going to set up a cab in my house because it's too loud, even though I've got them. So, yeah, I started looking into a few just plain preamp, like no power amp section options, um, which is essentially what you've got with the Kemper. But, um, yeah, I kind of like the idea of looking for a sound that I like and just... That being it, because I find yep. options like the Kemper and um, even to a degree with these cabinet emulations, this, you just get option paralysis because it's not just you get a choice of three cabinets. You get a fucking... You download... You're downloading one cabinet and then they're like, well, here's with this speaker and here's with that speaker. Yeah. And this is this mic and this mic up close, this mic on an angle and all this bullshit. And it's just so hard to like nail down... I don't know what I want, but how, do, how am I going to find what I want if there's subtle differences between every little thing? Yeah. So my goal is to get, for metal, I really like Mesa Boogie rectifiers and I like PV 5150s. I reckon they've got cool sounds. And I think, as far as I'm aware, because I haven't used a lot of different amps, but, you know, people might say, oh, Soldano is the way to go. But then the classic Soldano is what was the kind of precursor to the dual rectifier so to speak and um, I don't know an angle perhaps would be what some people prefer over a PV, and you know like they're all sort of going for the same overall sound you're just getting a little bit more anal a bit more specific about it so yeah I looked into a few things and um, I haven't quite made up my mind yet but yeah I'm looking at yeah just getting like two rack preamps of distortion both with different, like, one very mid-heavy and one very sort of scoop-ish. And in rack versions, so I don't have to, like, basically have an amp that's a preamp and a power amp and worry about having to, like, always have it plugged in or else I'll blow the power tubes. Um, But also, just because it's small format and I could sit the shit on my desk or just in a nice little neat rack shelf because it's a studio setup. Um, And then also, a big thing, which you always talk about, is clean tone, like... A lot of those wicked metal amps don't have the greatest cleans. And while you can get some really nice cleans out of the Mesa, I always liked uh, Solid State, that Roland Jazz Chorus thing, and I do have a a Roland Cube, which kind of does the job. But uh, the other, from the tube side of things, I like a Fender, like a Blues Junior or something like that, or the Deluxe Reverb, those kind of... Um, little combo amps so yeah um, i've looked in and found a few little racks that preamp racks that offer that sort of sound so yeah that's what i'll be researching the shit out of for the next few weeks yeah
2: right fascinating i don't really know what to uh say about any of that but i'm looking forward to seeing how it progresses um i can just picture walking into your room and seeing a a whole array of racks and different stuff yeah nice rack
1: (laughs)
0: It would be good for that, but I mean, the idea is actually to cut it down, because one thing I noticed is that when we had a PV setup, or the the messer, I'll dial something in, and I'll go, this is the tone I like. What do you reckon? You start with the knobs flat, same position I started in, and then the tone you get out of the amp is completely the opposite of what I did. And just, there's so much versatility built into most amps that... um, yeah, like that's option paralysis enough. You know, there's all this tweaking you can do and I really like the idea of really learning something. Mm-hmm. So and my goal would be to have three racks um, and a little combo amp and that's that's it. Everything direct. Fuck the cabs off. Keep them because obviously, why? <laughs> but um, yeah, have that sort of sorted and everything else I do is kind of inside the computer. Yeah. Um, the one exception is microphones and that's always a tough it's a tough thing cuz I like really desire a beautiful set of mics so I can go and do anything with them but I find a lot of the times that it's really drums here or, or vocals we we've got nice vocal mics so who cares but with drums if I want a really nice drum sound shit man I'll just hire out a nice studio because if you have really nice mics it's like a catch 22 like you want a nice mic to capture your kit but if you're If I'm recording myself or another band on the budget, it's like in a hen house room or something like that. Like it's a room that's not built for studio sound and there's a lot of bleed and there's no isolation and stuff. So you pick up too much of that that negative ambient sort of sound. Um, But then again, if you got a cheap mic that just had a tighter pattern and picked up less of the room, it's still a cheap mic, so yeah, it's funny. I just I just want to keep a really small set of drum mics and like tiny ones if possible that I can have in a little briefcase and yeah, I can just like set them up on the spot and then yeah, if we need to do anything really cool then we go to a studio.
2: I think if, um, if you're downsizing, literally downsizing all of your recording equipment then you can allow that extra space for microphones Anyway, I guess I mean they're not something that you can really decrease the size of as such. Um, whereas, yeah, a lot of a lot of the equipment is, um, you know, can be can find alternatives for that. So I mean, in, yeah, in terms of a portable studio or something, if you need to allow space for for something, mics could be the way to go. Price tag um, though. Price
0: tag. That's a big, hefty price tag for a pair of mm. nice pencil condensers, like real wicked mm. ones, is like 1500 grand. Yeah, and I guess if you go into studios
2: and they're going to have a good selection anyway, then perhaps that's better bang for your buck. In terms of uh, losing the
0: laptop, what were you talking about that before? No Mac? Uh, oh, going to your house without an iMac? Mm. Well, that's because you've got a laptop already yeah okay and so uh, I used to think like when I first heard about Pro Tools which would have been in an article about the Deftones self-titled album in was it in Rolling Stone or I might have bought like an audio technology magazine or something back 2000 2001 probably 2001 I guess and um, anyway whenever the fuck that album came out and they talked about how oh, all the guitar tone on this album I don't know how we got it. We just plugged straight into Pro Tools. And I was sitting here thinking like, how the hell do you get sound out of Pro Tools? It must be the greatest program in history, um, which is probably a big reason I ended up buying it because I thought, oh, if I can get guitar sounds as good as that, I'll be fucking stoked. Um, but it it's not the program that makes the quality any good. A, a large part of it is like, how the signal goes from being in the real world into a digital world. So that being the converter. Um, and the computer is just really a glorified piece of, it's like a digital tape machine and Pro Tools just like receives what it's given and just is able to play it back. And that's it. So you being able to plug an Apogee, what, what's it called? Jam into yep. your laptop is going to be the same as if that Apogee Jam's plugged into my iMac or someone's fucking wicked ass new power Mac dustbin $6,000 computer. Like, it doesn't really matter. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. And portability. Of course. Like, you can bring that to my house. I can bring something little to Mm. your house. Like, it's all pretty good. Did you score any crazy Black Friday sales of music gear? I think I bought one thing, which was for nine US dollars. I bought a uh, what's the company? I can't remember even the company, but it was basically an audio meter. So it, I I use this thing called Waves Doro <clears throat> to kind of monitor my recording levels, um, and yeah, this this meter just has, and that's a really basic thing that just shows you peak. Um, Peak levels and and, um, like persistence levels, basically. And it gives me a good enough gauge if I'm in a safe zone for recording. And I'll often put that up without even listening to what I'm doing because, you know, sometimes you're in a bit of a rush and just, oh yeah, if anything goes wrong, I've recorded at a good level. So my signal to noise ratio should be good enough to sort it out if there's a problem. But um, yeah, this just gives you a little bit more depth So you see kind of, uh, the it's like got a dynamic range meter in it, but it's live. Like it shows you a real time display of that. And I think it's just a little bit more configurable and you can make it, um, you can make it bigger and you can see different things in different scales and all of this kind of stuff. So I thought, ah, nine bucks might help me out here and there. If it doesn't, who cares? Whatever. Did you get anything?
2: Can't go wrong. No, I didn't. Um, I did see a lot of things advertised and I got a lot of emails and a lot of Facebook ads and stuff, but I didn't. Um, No, but I did see some interesting things, I guess. Um,
0: What's the most interesting thing that you thought, oh, I should get that, but you didn't?
2: (laughs) Strangely enough, not even a um, music-related product, but um, a marketing product product ha. <laughs> through um uh <coughs> there's a this company called noble samurai and uh it's all about marketing ninjas and stuff and i've always had these um keyword analysis tools um which i did have a copy of, of quite a few years ago which i don't even know if i still got it it's probably expired or something um and that was kind of cool, but they've just had this new one called uh, Content Samurai, and they had some crazy deal of, I don't know, 70% off or something, and normally it's a few hundred bucks and could have got it for 30 or $50 or something like that. Uh, and that just sort of does all the hard uh, internet trawling for you to, again, give you keywords to include in your content to help it be found easily online Um And just helps you, uh, yeah, I don't know, make um, blog writing a lot easier. And it's funny because I don't even really do any of that stuff, but it just interests me for some reason. Uh, Marketing, marketing, marketing. It's good for for the website, I think, of of the band. And probably um, eventually we'll start taking the the podcast notes a bit more seriously and, you know, think about what we're putting in there to help people find them. (laughs) Uh, So, you know. That was all. That was something. Uh, I did buy some new headphones, eight dollars off eBay. Not on sale. Mm. The same headphones I get about once every six months when I lose them. Mm-hmm. These Sony ones that I have in at the moment, noise
0: blocking ones. Clearly counterfeit, right? Probably, but they work really good. Yeah, uh, they do the job. Isn't that interesting? I heard a thing about um, there's a like a true crime museum in America. And they have little exhibitions as, you know, most museums do, like the dinosaurs this week or the fucking um, Patrick Rafter's tennis career or whatever it might be. (laughs) But um, they've got one now and it's about counterfeiting. And they're like, yeah, it's not a very sexy crime. No one died or, you know, maybe they did. But the idea doesn't seem like a big deal. Like you go down to the local... um, you know, you, you fly to Bali and you buy a pair of Vans and they're a fucking pile of shit shoe with, with the Vans logo on it. Um, and you think, oh, that stuff happens in Bali, but lost in Bali. <laughs> but yeah, I've been looking for microphones before. Uh, a big one is like a Shure SM57. Um, but I was particularly looking for some mics called a... I think they were Electro Harmonics. No, not Electro Harmonics. Electro Voice nd 468 it's actually the tom Mike that was used on triumph and beyond and yeah i was looking for a pair of them they don't make them anymore and yeah i just kept running across these like slightly too cheap brand new versions of them and uh, you know who knows maybe they are made to the same spec or similar but yeah it's a dangerous world out there for budding musicians it's one thing to buy a, a piece of marketing software for 30 bucks when it should be 200 At least you know you're buying it from the company. Like, sure, don't sell their own mics. They have third parties do it for them. And fuck, man, you can get some killer deals, but you can also get ripped off on a lot of shit. But there's not, yeah, there's not a big risk with the $8 pair of headphones. No, 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 that's that's the thing.
2: It's just cheap and you never know when you you lose them. It might be bad timing and I haven't researched any good uh, headphones and I don't have a spare $100 to spend, so jump on ebay and it's here in, within like three days um, mm. so that's cool the other one i saw which i'm pretty sure is over now sale wise was um cd baby so online digital oh, yeah. distribution for bands and a few other services and they had 50 percent off i think and i didn't get time to look into it enough um, but you could have um, signed up now for an album that's not even ready to release and you still get that deal for when you start uh, when you're ready to mm. distribute it. Um, and I think it was like just a, a one-off fee sort of thing. So, you don't have to pay every year as some other services make you do. Uh, so, it looked pretty cool. But um, unfortunately, I didn't get to look into it enough.
0: W- was there anything you were specifically hoping was going to come on Black Friday sale? Not really anything I've been waiting for actually. Nah. But uh,
2: yeah, no, nah, I don't think so. I just like seeing what pops up really.
0: Yeah, I, I got spammed so hard with it this year. It was pissing me off. Yeah. But I've dived on A, free plugins for audio shit and B, y, C heaps of like stuff that I didn't think I needed and it turns out long-term I don't need. But it's <laughs> pop, popped up and it's like, oh, this fucking thing that's worth this is now this. And you. it's hard to... When you've got problems to solve, especially with th- something like recording, you're like, oh, yeah, that's going to make all the difference in the world. And, oh, it's a small buy-in, it's 50 bucks and you buy it and it's just a pile of shit. And um, a lot of these plugins I remove from my plugins list because so, it angers me to see them anymore. Yeah. Because, you know, they're, they're good and they're fine, but I just didn't need it. This year was the first year where I really didn't jump on anything. Um but I was waiting. I was hoping this DSR and you reminded me because you just dropped a really big just before Um, this DSR. I want didn't was like the only thing that didn't come on black Friday sale or it did, Mm. but it was just like, not a good price. I thought you bastards
2: (laughs) always the way, but you can still keep an eye out and I'll have sales. Yeah. Uh, I did think that it, um, I don't know if many bands do, sales over black friday you know like maybe album packages or cheaper merch or whatever but that could be something to consider if we had more merch at the moment i probably would have looked into it a bit but we don't have a whole lot at the moment Mm. but i guess online downloads or whatever you know 50 percent off for a couple of days or whatever it is something Mm. to consider we did recently um after about four months of attempting it i can now access the claim the throne spotify account And have finally been able to update our profile picture from the Ale Tales cover to a band picture. (laughs) Just reminded me for some reason. (coughs) And I've just opened it up and if anyone's wondering, Ray McGill is currently listening to Battlefields Ablaze by Metal. (laughs) (laughs) Come off it, hey. If you're not sure what we're talking about, head back to the Razor Ray episode about uh, 10 episodes back, the
0: Blind Guardian one. He's too much. He's probably also the one that got you wanting to log into Spotify again, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably.
2: Um, but, And then, well, it was... I think it made me start looking at Spotify a bit more. And then when I realized our account looked so shit, like, you know, Airtales was our cover, Claim the Throne was spelt with... Low, lowercase letters for the the, and it just annoyed me for some reason. Yeah. Uh, there was no biography. Um, all the most popular songs were off Ale Tales, so something must have happened, you know, a few years ago, and we've never really pushed it at all. Uh, so if anyone was to search us on Spotify, we would look like a piece of shit, and we'd probably lose potential fans. Um, but, you, yeah, so to claim your page, if I mean, if you've had a an external digital distributor, um, organizing it all for you, uh, then yeah, you have to sort of claim that page that has been set up with the music. Um, and it's not something that you can do overnight. You've got to, um, prove your identity to Spotify and you've got to submit a few things and, um, and a lot of the stuff on Spotify I've found comes from external sources. I think the website's called Allmusic which might be like mm. a big America, American thing or something, or the Rovi database. Do you
0: know that? I know AllMusic.
2: Yeah. So, a lot of it comes directly from there. So, if you have an AllMusic account, I think you can update that and Spotify will follow.
0: Do, do we have an all Music nah, account? Nah,
2: not that I'm aware of. Hmm. So, I did go to try and set it up, but then I just followed a different way of doing it. Um, there's quite a few interesting articles on it. The most interesting, uh, I think, was on the website, I Probably Hate Your Band oh yeah they have a really amazing um how to spotify article on there strangely enough
0: so i followed all that and, and it worked out well oh cool put that in the show notes because i'm sure i will i'll put a link to that one isn't it interesting that and please tell me if i'm getting this completely wrong but yeah you sign up to let's say reverb nation who are the people who do that online distro package is that reverb nation for, the one i mentioned before was cd baby well okay cd baby then and they we might run reverb nation yet. yeah. yeah they, they might sort out your spotify account and you've paid for one year for them to have done that or whatever does your spotify account just become an orphan or mm. is that it and then they just go oh we will fucking wipe our hands of it like how does that work shouldn't that be taken down after the year is up what the fuck
2: that's a really good question, and I have no idea. But I have heard that it is a bit of a nightmare if you move... If you haven't... Well, say, for example, us, where we've got an uh, I don't know, one album signed up through Reverb Nation that we pay a yearly fee for. If we then want to change that to CD Baby or somewhere else, I'm pretty sure you do have to start afresh, which means you lose all your play count and whatever, which might be harder for people to find you. Again, you're not going to pop up in playlists as much as you would. Um so, I, I don't know. I haven't looked into it enough, but that's, it's a weird thing.
0: That seems really um, not good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I th- You can submit stuff directly to Spotify and bypassing other companies if you wanted to. I just think it's a pretty hard thing to do. And that's when you might need to go through that Rovi database um, or something like that. And you have to actually post them physical copies of your music and a biography and all stuff like that. And they input it. And it can just take a lot longer. So, if you go through someone like CD Baby, they'll have it online for you the next day, pretty much,
0: on Spotify. So, say CD Baby cost you 50 bucks, right, at the time. You do it. Two years goes by. You're loving it. And then CD Baby jack up the price to $80 a year. And you're like, fuck, well, I want to go to Reverb Nation. They're $60. Um you're kind of held at gunpoint. Okay, well, yeah, you can, sure, go to Reverb Nation. Save yourself 20 a year, but all of your history with Spotify goes to dust, dust, dust.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it works like that. I think, honestly, I'm not sure if CD Baby even have a yearly, an annual fee anymore. Stuart McGill will probably be able to tell us about that. Mm. Um, but even if they did, I don't think they'd be able to raise the price I think you'd be paying you know, when you sign up, there'd be the agreement of the price that you'd be paying each year. Um, but yeah, like you say, if another one popped up with some crazy deal, I don't think you could just jump ship.
0: It wouldn't be that easy. Or even if your band breaks up and you're like, look, mm. it's on there. Let's just leave it on there. Can we do that? And then they're like, no. Mm. You have to pay I'm up not sure.
2: perpetually. I'm going to look into that and have an answer for you next episode. Because that I'd seems
0: kind of ridiculous because the whole idea of the internet, right? is that once it's out there, it's fucking out there. So maybe it's a real pain in the ass to submit your songs to Spotify. So you need someone with the cred of CD Baby to put forward your name. But once it's done, it's done, right? Spotify, I don't give a fuck if CD Baby's still the one that originally did it for you. I would have thought it's already submitted to... Your database, Unless City Baby are like collecting, they're the ones who are showing you all of the stats and all the bullshit. They are, yeah. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah.
2: So whether they even take a cut of the, the streams and the royalties, I don't know how that works, to be honest, either. But something we need to learn. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know what record labels do, whether they would go through anyone or, I mean, I guess they just have their own digital distro thing and they'd submit it or have the the power to do that somehow um Mm. don't know confusing stuff but i get the feeling in a few more years it'll just be the most the easiest thing ever there'll probably be some sort of
0: new technology or some crazy idea to make it easy okay well i heard a fucking crazy idea the other day you ever heard of the thing called bitcoin yes so you're eating
2: ramen right just a little bit of chicken that i found that I missed before. <laughs> we'll elaborate on that in uh, the uh, recipes of the week. Okay. Later.
0: So, I, I never understood Bitcoin. If if there's something, I still don't understand it. But I thought, imagine if you could hack into someone's, um, uh, what's a bank? R&I bank, right? You could hack <laughs> into their online account and you could just add a zero to the end or, or turn their balance to zero just to physically doing the digit thing. Wouldn't that effectively erase all the money you have, right? And I'm sure, mm. you know, security and all the bullshit and stuff like that. But if your bank says zero, you've got zero. You know, sometimes you transfer money to your account and you go into main liquor in Burswood on an advice from Smitty and try and buy a coffee <laughs> porter the other day. And yeah. the guy goes, oh, declined. Oh, okay. Did I click the wrong account? No, you don't have any money well, I swear I have money and then you look in your account and you've got money and so you do it again Mm. and it works. So at that point, what does that thing see? Does it see a zero and tells you you have no money? So this is what I'm thinking like, you know, does that mean you could hack someone's account and give them tons of money just by writing (laughs) numbers in? And we've all got numbers on our keyboard, right? So if it's that fucking hard with just a basic currency, what is this cryptocurrency shit? Bitcoin, where one Bitcoin equals a thousand bucks, right? Let's say. Um, and how do you send me a Bitcoin? Like, why don't I just send you an email with 4,000 Bitcoin? Anyway, it turns out, long story short, what it is, is that you're a nerd. I'm a nerd, right? I want a Bitcoin off you. And I say, hey, give me a Bitcoin. What I'm going to send you right now is a secret code. You put that in. What that secret code does is it locks up the Bitcoin and you transfer it to me. Now, you need a completely separate secret code to unlock it. So, you could crack the original one. It wouldn't matter though because that's just created the locking mechanism. But mm. I have the unlocking mechanism back here at my end. And that's how you transfer currency. Anyway, yeah. Bitcoin's been bought out or bought out, been invested in heavily by you know foreign countries and that's why the value is going up and it's becoming stable but there's this new thing on the loose called i think it's called in uh ethereum or some shit like that some like the word ethereal right so what does that conjure up let's just talk about in terms of music reverb right like shimmering reverb and what they're saying is that pretty soon things like amazon apple itunes all the eBay, all these online middleman stores that really are just providing nothing more than just a website. Spotify is just a website where people sort of hook into and they grab everything that they're linked into. So it's just a linking point, a middleman between a collection of music and a consumer, right? What this Ethereum shit is just going to just completely break down is, and this is where I start to get out of my depth and Don't understand what I'm even talking about myself. Is that all the information on the internet is then going to just be accessed or be freely available to everyone. So if you want something, instead of going to Spotify to get that one for one thing like we're used to, you're going to be putting it out there on the internet. And then from all different locations, the shit is all just gonna fly in. So if you want to listen to Darkane Innocence Gone, um, you key it in, and because you've got like a cryptocurrency, Your cryptocurrency busts out and whoever is the owner, the holder of Darkane in the fucking Ethereum web (laughs) is just going to receive this many, many monies. Wow. So.
1: That's pretty deep, eh?
0: Yeah, it's pretty fucking crazy because really what is Amazon? It's just someone who figured out how to get pictures and a buy button and they're taking 30% of the cut. Can I tell you one thing about
2: Amazon, which I've only recently found out? Maybe it's common knowledge. I don't know. Please. Um, of course, there's a lot of legit stuff on there, but I've recently heard that um, a lot of the people that have Amazon stores don't know anything about their products that they're selling or anything. Right? They'll be, they'll find what is, you know, what is the most searched for thing that people aren't able to find or. Uh, you know wherever there might be a little little gap that they can get in on, and there's websites around one is called Alibaba and um and and they will mass produce something for you, so whatever it might be medical equipment, vibrators, I don't know whatever people are looking for eight dollar sony headphones that sort of thing they will mass produce that you pay for for the order of however many you want a thousand say a hundred thousand I don't know they will ship it directly from friggin' Bangladesh or wherever it might be to the Amazon warehouses in America or wherever they even might be. Amazon then just arranged the shipping and everything. So you've just paid for all the stock, but never actually seen it. Don't really know anything about it, but you set up an Amazon store, have all these items there, a bit of links to helpful information. If there's any problems or whatever, Amazon deal with most of the, or all of the postage or, you know, um, Complaints or whatever, and you pretty much don't have to do a thing. Uh, so I thought that was pretty At, interesting.
0: So Alibaba are manufacturers; they're not just like a bulk warehouse, like a um, just a huge warehouse network. Or good question.
2: Wholesalers, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, well, yeah, I think they would do probably manufacturing uh, as well, wholesaling, exporting. Importing whatever, all sorts <laughs> of things, but they would probably just well, source it or or whatever from wherever they need to. Um, but it's just a one area you can go through and just get it all done. I mean, because a lot of people, the hardest thing it, is, um, you know, finding someone to make your product or or whatever. So you just go through there, and, and there's people on there selling selling their stuff. And um, I can't remember what the word is. I think it's like they're called like Amazon pirates or something like that and they will actually try and copy your products as well so if you make up some rant sort of counterfeiters but more so they'll watch and see Hmm. how um, how your store is performing or if you have a particularly popular product they will go and get the same products from Alibaba for example make their own store and price match you slightly and do whatever it takes to get them the top listing over yours and then they'll steal all the sales from you
0: yeah, for sure cuz you go search Apple headphones and from Apple they're $40. From some reseller they're $30. From some slightly sketchy looking dude they're 20 bucks and then from China they're 5 bucks. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you go ads located only in Australia and they're like located in Australia, ships from China. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. not, that's you it. know, like weird shit, but man, that's pretty interesting. Like I know a guy who um I worked with at my last job a couple of years ago. And he was like, oh, I've gone into the toy business. I was like, you're going into the toy business? Brought in some really shittily manufactured toys from kits he bought at Bunnings. I was like, you're fucking hocking that crap. Like, are you fucking serious? And no kidding, he tried to give it away as prizes. And when the people won, they didn't accept it. Yeah, right. It's that shit. Because it's that bad. It's that bad. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it turns out he was actually buying shit off Alibaba. Oh,
1: really? yes.
0: I actually buy from a warehouse. And when I like found out where it was coming from, he said, oh, Alibaba.com. And I was like, you're kidding me. Because if you look for like a Chinese uh, Gibson copy, a Chipson, um, you can buy them a dime a fucking dozen off Alibaba. And you mm-hmm. might get lucky and get something sweet off there. But... There's a lot of, like you say, shady fucking half-assed shit, counterfeit stuff out there as well. Um, anyway, so he that's what he was doing. He was going to swap meets with like Alibaba bought hoverboards. You know, the hoverboards that aren't hoverboards. They're just like motorized skateboards pretty much. Mm. Stuff like that. But way back in the day when I first moved to Perth at the ripe old age of whatever the fucking however many years ago that was. Two thousand and two, early two thousand two, my sister's boyfriend at the time was living with this guy and she's like, Yeah, he earns eighty grand a year. I'm like, eighty thousand dollars a year. What the fuck does he do? Oh, he's he um he sells shit online for Sony. I'm like, He sells for Sony? <laughs> yeah. What can he get? Yeah, if you ever want a VCR, um <laughs> go go through him and he'll give you a hell wicked deal. I'm like I was interested in it, so not in the fucking VCR, in the what he did, right? And turns out he was doing the same thing. He got a line on a Sony wholesaler in some country, and he had an eBay store. It literally was eBay. And he was saying, yep, I've got this Panasonic VCR. It's usually $90. I'm selling it for 80 but it was a legit. This is the difference. Was Back in the day, this was actually legit Sony products. And yeah, he spent all his time at work, which was at home just in his desk next to his kitchen. And um, yeah, someone would say, okay, I'll buy this Sony mini-displayer. He'd go, yep, no worries, it's this much. He'd accept the money. Then he'd contact the factory and wherever, warehouse, and have it shipped out to the person. And he'd take, you know, whatever percentage, the the difference between the the warehouse cost and, and what he sold it for. And that was his 80 grand a year business. And he did it for fucking years as far as I'm aware. Mm, crazy stuff. Yeah.
2: I guess the, um, the 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 current thing of that equivalent, especially with podcasting that's going on, is when you hear people, you know, it's not even an advert, but they'll talk up a, an online product like it might be um books or MailChimp or whatever your favorite podcasts are. And... If, they, if you go through the link that they suggest, then you get a, the referral cut or whatever. But to so say it was Sony or whatever, something like that, for example, people could quite easily refer to themselves as a Sony salesperson, even though they're not directly employed by them, mm. but they're you know encouraging people to go use them, referring them there, and then getting a commission out of it. So you're essentially a salesman
0: or whatever. And you know, to relate this back to fucking music <laughs> and the whole thing that we're supposed to be talking about... Mm. Um, I'll again harp on about streaming in general um, even if your band's getting three cents every time you make a royalty picture the flip side which would be the old school model of iTunes for instance where the new Super Heist album comes out it's a $1.99 a song Australian or it's $13 for the album digital download right so you go I'm going to save money by getting the whole album I'm going to do that then, you're like, I fucking hate Apple Mac. That's for losers. I'm going to go and buy a PC and get on an Android phone. And I hate iTunes. Those, that song that you buy or whatever, album, isn't available to you unless you listen through iTunes. So, you're sort of stuck. Whereas with streaming, I use Apple Music, You use Spotify. Then, yes, Apple is iTunes. I've accidentally written in the store of my itunes and it's come up with like um psych 13 13 and i'm like fuck that i'm i'm streaming it you know and um yeah if you if you buy it and then you want to switch it's fucked whereas like you have spotify if spotify turns to shit you haven't lost an entire library of songs you're just paying per month and you've got no stake in the longevity of the company you, for sure, You mentioned obviously Amazon, but you, you mentioned audiobooks before. And I was and actually currently haven't fucking cancelled my subscription for f- six months. I signed up for a cheap deal with Audible. Um, second time around in the last five years or six years. And the reason I signed back up is because I had bought all these books five or six years ago when I again signed up for a three- month free trial and then forgot to can it and they charged <laughs> yeah. me so I've got like 10 audiobooks wanted We've to listen to one again and uh, I couldn't I couldn't find it I was like what the hell so I signed up as an idiot because they offered me a free one and I realized that I there was never an audible.com.au it was always just a .com before so <laughs> all I had to do on my audible app was change where I was logging into but yeah, I was trying to chase up. Anyway, long story short, now I've got these fucking two separate Audible libraries and if Amazon go down, I can't bloody access them anymore. And these right. are books that, you know, yeah, I've paid a discounted rate, but what does that mean when half the authors are like a dead anyway? Um, <laughs> you know, whereas like at least, and that's probably the argument for physical stuff is that at least if I've got a, an audi- uh, a physical copy of a book, I can pull it out of the bookshelf and reread it. Yep. So I get
2: yeah, yeah. Kindle is the same, right? You can only, oh, not that I have a Kindle. I don't even know how it works. But um, let's talk you know, about you it. You get then. the book. You buy the book on well, you buy the quote unquote book. You get to read it on your Kindle. Um, but you're like lo- if you, I don't know. You're locked into that. If you get a different sort of reader, I don't know. Can you still? I don't. What is the format that the book comes in? Can you take it out and put it in your computer and read a PDF?
0: No, and you know Bobby Osinski? I do. Okay, so I bought one of his books on on the EPUB format. Mm. And then I was like, this is fucked. I bought this to read at work, but I can't install programs on my computer to read EPUB. So I emailed Bobby Osinski himself and said, hey man, I just bought your book, really like your podcast, fucking great supporter of what you do. Do you have a PDF copy of this? Um, I understand you probably don't want to give it out because it's pirates all will fucking send it around, but I bought it so I could read this at work at lunchtime and now I can't. And then he goes, well, you know, it wasn't his fault, but he said, look, my stuff's distributed by Amazon. And so then it's tied into that shit. So I actually, in this mm. case, could download the physical, physical, <laughs> could download the file, <laughs> logical, yeah. that's the real word. I could download the logical file of the mm. EPUB, format but i couldn't turn it into a format that i liked so i was kind of like locked into it but i think the kindle's like audible where it's all on the cloud whereas like if i can my apple music account today i can sign up with spotify tomorrow and no big deal i'm still listening to the latest cycle release yeah unless you've spent twelve dollars downloading it many years ago Mm,
2: mm. Um, yeah gone are the days of just being able to download an mp3 and drag it onto your USB or or your your MP3 player. Uh, Or, you know, put a CD into your computer, rip it, and then put it on your, your player. Can you even do that anymore? If you have a CD and you want to listen to it on your iPhone, can you do that somehow?
0: Well, I don't think you're legally allowed to do it. I'm sure there's some weird provision that you're not allowed to do it. But, yeah, you can. But the tricky thing is, is that with all this iCloud and shit, you've got to turn your iCloud library off in order to drag this is sorry i'm an apple user so whatever in order to drag it to your phone right but then if you turn the icloud library off you don't have access to your apple music so then you have to Mm. re-sync up your shit yeah and the other day i turned it on on my computer in itunes because i was like oh well i want to listen to the new um soil work a predator's portrait and um (laughs) I want, to, I want to list, I've downloaded it on my phone. I want it to just be in my library on the computer. So I turned it on and it started syncing every fucking single thing I had on my computer. Um, scurvy Dogs, Pirate Blood, uh, <laughs> Define Sense, um, Do You Remember the Day? All of this kind of stuff that I've got on my computer all started uploading to my phone. And now Mm. my phone is completely cluttered up with bullshit and it was like wigging my whole internet out trying to download it to my phone. You don't have enough space. Oh, no shit. But all I wanted was just the Apple Music stuff to pop up. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's fucking so annoying. Shit
2: Anyway, interesting. Yeah. Good chat. Let's wrap things up. Do you have an album of the week from a day ago?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to cheat by taking... What would have been my album of the week if I didn't start Crank and Burst, which was um, the last thing before that I cranked, was Decrepit Birth Polarity. Oh, cool. Yeah, so um, Diminishing Between Worlds is, in my opinion, the best uh, Decrepit Birth album, although someone, a.k.a. Jim, would say it's And Time Begins because it's way more <laughs> like death metal-y. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Polarity is a really cool album. Heaps of sweeping. I don't know if I like it that much but yeah pretty some pretty cool songs on there and i just love that dude's voice man decrepit mm-hmm. bill um
2: been a while since i've listened to them actually i think last time you mentioned them on the podcast and i gave him a crank for a few days and then forgot again
0: yeah i hope i haven't had polarity as a album of the week but if so be it we need it what i was thinking what might be an idea is if we start keeping an excel document of what shit we've done so we can just search it and quickly see. Because a lot of stuff I listen to is shit that I listen to regularly, like once every few months, so I'll have a crank. Yeah. What about you? You're allowed to
2: you're allowed to have the same album of the week. Remember when you've had Bellacore Stones reach about 17 times? Well, that was the first mm. thing on my list. No problems. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm pretty much still listening to that band, Whispered, that I was going on about, um, that I think you had to listen to, too. Mm. Probably didn't give you this big an erection as I got. Uh, but I've been going through their back catalogue a bit and they... Um, yeah, the, the previous couple albums are a bit heavier and interesting and stuff, um, but I won't do that again. I'll give album of the week to uh, Cryptopsy and Then You'll Beg, just because I've nice. seen Jim a few times recently, and whenever I do, we get drunk and put on And Then You'll Beg, and he headbangs really funnily, and he knows every single <laughs> bit of the entire album. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. The bass the bass lines, the guitar bits, the vocal, the lyrics, the drums, you name it, and it will be the most obscure random bit and he'll just, he'll stop the conversation that you're having and then like mime a certain part. You know what it's like.
0: Yeah. It's really good.
2: Yeah. So I do love that one. That's my favorite cryptopsy pretty much. Uh, I don't think it's many people's favorite cryptopsy, but something about it its, it's clicked with me. Fully aggressive, love the vocals um, of well, whatever his name even is, who was only on a few albums. That one in Whisper Supremacy. Uh, None So Vile was also a classic, obviously. Um,
0: can you give me yeah, an album? kept up with the new stuff. Mm? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off this Skype delay. I'm killing. done. Um, can you give me an album to listen to, like Homework for the next week? Of Cryptopsy or in general? No, just in general. Is there anything that like you reckon I've never given a run for its money that you think I'd like. For instance, um, Managam recently, oh, Habits yeah, Varga, yeah. you said like, why aren't you into this? And I'm like, fuck, why aren't I into this? This is amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, anything like that that you've always thought I should give a whirl? Surely there
2: will be. Um, let me just rack my brain a bit. Oh... Uh, you're not really a power metal guy in any form of the word, are you? No, but I like
0: songs of power metal. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: but but that's, dude. That's a good nothing reason. Nothing comes to mind. That's a oh, good reason oh. to give me some power metal or something like that. You are fucking into power metal these days, hey? Only at times. I'm a bit uh, like you power metal like I, you, by like I times, am
2: By at times, you mean all the time? I mean, I'm spe- <laughs> I'm specific about what what um, jumps out at me and what doesn't. Same as my uh, fixation on punk. Sometimes, yeah, I'll only like things if they have a certain sound. If they sound like early Pennywise, then I'll like it. But if they sound too poppy or not fast enough, it won't click with me. Mm-hmm. Um, which is frustrating because you put in, you know, into Spotify or Google or whatever bands that sound like Offspring Smash, which is one of my favorite albums ever, <sighs> and it will just suggest you a bunch of pile of shit pop punk. Um, So power metal, I don't know There's just certain styles of things that jump out at me And I know last week I was crapping on about that Bruce Dickinson album So I'd probably suggest that one to you It's pretty heavy and I don't know It reminds me a bit of Nevermore guitar style a bit Um, These sort of heavy, proggy-esque type riffs, I don't know Um, And and, and all clean singing obviously and power metal-y But still sort of sounds a bit dark Or whatever as well at the same time.
0: Can you tell me the name of that album again? The Chemical Wedding. Of course. My Chemical Wedding. (laughs) Bullet for my wedding. A bullet for my weeding. (laughs) Um, What I'd like to offer you is Mm -hmm. a band which it may have been my album of the week at some point. Mm -hmm. But I cannot fucking remember the goddamn... Yes, I can. The name of it. Uh the band is called Broken Head. Okay, <laughs> haven't heard of it. And we'll check it. And two words, <clears throat> broken head. And the title of the album is Locano. Alright, onto it. Yeah, I've got it on CD. In fact, I've got two copies of it. Um, what's the deal with it? It's Ben Eli's side project, one of his many side projects from Regurgitator awesome and do like regurgitator yeah my sister uh used to write music reviews for like grok magazine or if that's the one that's at Curtin uni back in the day yeah and um yeah this is one album she goes oh god i had to review this album hated it do you want it and i went yeah i'll give it a whirl fuck did you know it's the guy from regurgitator what Sounds nothing like Regurgitator, but it's a pretty cool album and it's something that I find myself listening to here and there. Thought you might awesome. be
2: interested at the very least. I've got it teed up and ready to go as soon as we're done. Beauty. Is it on Spotify? Um, I haven't looked on that yet, but I've just Googled it and there's a few options here for me to choose from. If not, but it probably will be. Everything's on Spotify now. Yeah, interesting. But can I change mine homework for you? Yep. Have, have I talked about the band Blot to you before? Yes. B-L-O-T. Yep, and I've never taken you seriously. Check it. Okay, There's an album cool. called Ill Dear King, I think. I-L-double-D-Y-R-K-I-N-G, which is their latest. I think they've got another one on the way. Um, but imagine Manigam, not so brutal, uh, mixed with maybe like an agalock or, a, I don't know, something a bit more
0: low-key and grim. So the best album of all time, basically. Basically, yeah, it's really fucking good. Wow, I enjoy it. Wow. And and yeah. listeners. I don't know if we ever gave that an album of the week, but Managarm have it's vaga. <laughs> Just give it one song. Fucking hell, hey. <laughs> that is what folk metal is to me. Yeah. If all
2: folk metal was like that, forget about it. Yeah. Fucking crazy shit. Doing it heavy, doing it right. What is the song and, of the week? Uh, jeez I don't know it, that regurgitated thing that you were just talking about broken head how about we do one of each what's the song really to pick oh man I don't know um, the songs are pretty long I think um, so leave
0: it just do um just do broken head eh whatever song is good yeah sure. Um, I haven't actually given you a song for last week. I've got a song ready, but probably for this one, it might be up in everyone. Cool. There was a film clip to the song Antennas, which is, um, yeah. Or I've Lady of Babylon album. actually is pretty sweet.
2: Lady of Babylon. Yeah. One more album of the week from me. Yep. Chicken Katsu. As in the food? Yeah. Yeah. So I've always been a fan of uh, chicken schnitzels, making them and just crumbing them with a um maybe some nando sauce and then you're yeah, uh <laughs> coated in flour, coated in uh, egg and coated in breadcrumbs with some parmesan. Every claim and of their band uh, meaning. Oh god. Can't go can't go wrong with that recipe, but I've <laughs> recently started um doing a double well, do flour and then egg and then flour again and then egg again and then a shitload of breadcrumbs and it comes out That's a lot more Japanesey. That is katsu, basically. Get out. And then you just need the sauce that goes with it, whatever it's called. So a bit of soy, but a bit sweet. Black sauce. Get fucked. Uh, On a bed of rice with some cabbage. Can't go wrong.
0: Uh, So you work, where you work, is there a local lunch bar that you go to just when you treat yourself?
2: Not really. There is lunch bars around and we go, but not really to treat myself. They're all pretty shit. It's sort of like a crappy industrial area. So mostly homemade Mm -hmm. lunches then?
0: uh most times most times yeah yeah. because where i am we have a few pretty solid options and one of them is a japanese restaurant and i go in and i payday i deliberately forget to make my lunch walk in there and go i'll have a katsu curry oh katsu curry like this (laughs) the fucking most delicious katsu curry ever i love it so i'd love to eat your fucking katsu curry one time or just (laughs) even (laughs) just the katsu side what exactly is japanese curry don't does know it differ from a normal curry. Don't know, but I like it. That's why I get yeah. it. It's it's that like weird, looks like gravy. That sort of yeah, it brown. Looks like diarrhea. Yeah,
2: um, yeah. Oh, man, craving for it now. Fucking delicious. But anyway, I did buy a whole shitload of um miso paste and stuff. That's why you caught me eating a ramen before the uh, podcast. Homemade ramen. Yeah, pretty wow. easy. Pretty much just a stir fry. Cook all your shit and then um put your paste in with some boiling water and mix it around and then just, uh, I guess, ramen's all in the way that you organise the fillings on the top of the dish with your half-chopped semi-boiled egg. Soft-boiled, pretty much. Yeah. And some choppies, and you're good to
0: go. Cool, cool. I love it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should talk about food more than music in future. So I'd like to go to Japan one day,
2: so I'd hate <sighs> to get o- offered a really shitty deal for a tour and uh not want to accept it <laughs> when i just yeah. want to go for a, a, a good chicken katsu
0: yeah yeah definitely i'd love to go to japan on just a holiday one time it'd be fucking awesome yeah, totally um if we're paying for our sandwiches anyway we may as well <laughs> hey all right so uh let's listen to lady of babylon by brokenhead and hope you enjoy it
2: cool catch you later claim the throne.com slash marketing. (laughs)
1: Thank you.